It's Monday, April 27th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer. And joining me from Florida is Motley Fool contributor Dan Klein. Dan, happy Monday. Uh, I'll believe you if, uh, if you say it's Monday. <laughs> they all do blur together, as we have discussed before. It's it's day. I know it's day, and I think it's not weekend. That's that's how I measure the days now. Not weekend, day, night. Three categories. So, Dan, let's talk um, some GM. Let's talk some dividends. Let's talk some drones. And as we wrap things up, let's talk about something that you just wrote about, Disney Plus, and whether or not it can save Disney stock. But let's begin with the market now, at the time of our taping here, midday Monday, um, all the major indices up slightly. And this, as part of a month, Dan, this has just been an incredible month for the Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ, all up big, having their best month in years. So I want to start there. As an investor, how are you thinking about this market? Because we have the market you know, just chugging along this month. And at the same time, we have most states still under stay-at-home orders. So I don't think about the market in the short term. Uh, and right now, it's so emotional. So if there's a tiny little hint, if like a village in Alabama says it's going to reopen a gym, the market bounces up and has, and has a good day, uh, which, which I like that, that there is sort of a, an appetite for optimism uh, because we've been through such a miserable time. That said, I'd be looking at companies that are going to do well during this and after or companies that you really liked beforehand that you believe will bounce back when this is over. So I'm not looking to sort of ride out these trends or see what's going on or figure out where the bottom is. Uh, I think we've got some reckoning left to come, but that's just a guess. Okay, so let's talk about some of those companies. GM, General Motors, announcing it's suspending its dividend and stock buybacks. Now, shares of GM down around 40% for the year. Dan, GM has stopped producing cars. It has not yet announced a time frame for when it will resume production. GM is producing ventilators and personal protective equipment. What do you make of the GM news that it will suspend its dividend and stock buybacks? Yeah, I think it's pretty smart to preserve your cash when you're not selling any product. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I understand, I, I got some blowback on the live shows from people saying, oh, but you know, we, I count on those dividends and I get it, but you can't count on a dividend if a company goes bankrupt. So I would rather GM stays in business longer, puts itself in a situation where it has more cash long and a longer runway, because eventually Americans will need cars. They, this will end, and people who are putting off a purchase will buy. Prices are really good. So if you need a car, it's actually a pretty good time to buy a car. Uh, but I am in favor of taking at being as cautious as you can be right now if you're a company. Okay, so along those lines, I want to ask you about Disney, because Disney has taken some heat for not suspending its dividend. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a mistake. Uh, and look, Disney's in a good position in terms of their available cash, but they've also borrowed quite a bit of money. I mean, they borrowed the money for the Fox purchase. So to be paying out cash when you're not operating, uh, you know, it seems like an artificial way to prop up your stock price. And I'm just not concerned about Disney's stock price in the short term. I'm, I'm guessing executives are who often have bonuses tied to stock price. Okay, well, we're going to talk more Disney in a bit. But first, I want to talk about a new development in the world of social distancing. UPS on Monday announcing that CVS and UPS will start using drones, yes, drones, next week to deliver prescription medication 
to the Villages Retirement Community in Florida. Now, Dan, you are in Florida. The Villages is the biggest retirement community in the country. Now, the drones will drop off prescriptions to a location near the community, and a truck will finish the delivery. So this isn't door-to-door, but this is going from CVS to somewhere near where people live. Yeah, I mean, they've been testing this, uh, I think it's actually in Virginia, in some rural town, with the idea that you know, you could bring prescriptions right to the door. And you're going to see combinations of this and, and, and robo trucks and other things delivering. But the village is a unique place. These are generally standalone homes or, or row houses. Uh, and it's an entire community, you know, over 100,000 people that are all at least 55 plus, generally a lot older. So there's a lot of reason to minimize contact for these people. But I'm not entirely sure how a drone to a truck to, to the door minimizes contact. That, that seems to me the same amount of contact of driving the truck to the community and bringing it to the door. It, it's a little strange for me. Uh, but that said, I think you're going to see niche use of drones uh, doing things like this. A drone isn't going to like bring you a burrito and put it in your hand, but it might leave your CVS box at your door or on your balcony or some other location uh, if you live someplace that isn't a densely packed city. Okay, so when you look over the next five to 10 years, and as someone who studies the retail landscape, when you look at the role of drones, are you bullish? Are you bearish? I know you say they're not going to be delivering burritos, but what's the role going forward? Uh, It's going to be niche. It's going to be fill-in. It's going to be, you know, a supplement, you know, in rural places where it doesn't make sense to send a truck, it might make sense. And it's obviously safer to send drones. But I don't think New York City or Alexandria, Virginia wants a sky filled with drones. That seems like a a recipe for disaster. Um, So they will be used. They will have a place. But drones are much more likely to be used and, and are being used by, say, Walmart in a warehouse to take inventory. Uh, that is a much safer. It's it's, it's not going to hit a you know a random person walking by. There's going to be a lot of commercial uses for drones, but it isn't going to be to replace the pizza guy. Okay, and no beer and wine. Uh, you know, maybe some beer and wine, but <laughs> probably I don't want a drone delivering a wine bottle. Have you ever had to get no. wi- wine out of your stairs? It's not fun. No, that just seems fraught with issues. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can do that. You know, Wait, dare to dream, dare to dream. <laughs> um, and Dan, let's talk Disney. We talked Disney a little earlier, but um, I want to talk about a few different developments here, um, including something you just wrote about. Um, but first, Disney today announcing big plans for May 4th. Now, May 4th, um, they will begin streaming Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. That'll be two months earlier than they planned. And then Disney also announcing that the final episode of The Clone Wars and the first episode of The Mandalorian documentary will be available on May 4th. So with all that in mind, you just wrote a piece this weekend, Dan, entitled, Can Disney Plus Save Disney Stock? So can it? Yeah, and that's a very melodramatic headline. I, I, will point, <laughs> I will point out that the goal of headlines are, are to get readership because I actually believe Disney will be fine. Its other businesses will be okay. But what I want to really point out is people are underplaying just how big Disney Plus can be. Uh, when they last reported, they went from 10 million to 50 million subscribers. That wasn't even based on coronavirus growth. That was based on adding a few new countries. They're in like eight or nine countries. Netflix is in like 180, 100 and somewhere in that ballpark. Disney Plus is probably at 75 million now. Wouldn't shock me if in a year, 
they're at 125, 150 million, and their cost structure is dramatically lower than Netflix. Netflix has to produce like 200 series a quarter and throw them at a wall. They have to pay huge money to comedians. Uh, Disney can pick and choose a few series based on its named intellectual property. You're going to watch the new show starring one of the Avengers. You're going to watch a new Star Wars show. You're going to watch when Rise of Skywalker is released. They don't have to spend the money Netflix does. This thing's going to be a cash cow very quickly. Okay, so I want to ask you more about that and and specifically the Netflix piece of that. When you talk about their cost structure, how long can Netflix play that game? Uh, They're going to have to play that game. it, it, It lessens. As they get into every market and they've localized content, they don't have the expense of having to you know, record dialogue in new languages. They'll have some hit shows in each market. Eventually, they're in a position where they can maybe cut their content spend in half, but their content spend is 6 to $8 billion a year. Whereas Disney, pretty much everything Disney puts out on Disney Plus that's original to the service is going to be a guaranteed hit. You know, when, when you're launching a, sto- a show in the Star Wars universe, it is not a big surprise that Star Wars fans watch it. Uh, so, so Disney is really in a position where they can keep costs under control. They're also in a position where they can raise the price pretty easily. They're at six ninety nine a month. That's a great introductory price. But do you really think families are going to drop it if it goes to nine ninety nine over the course of the next few years? Uh, Netflix too, I think, can go up to about nineteen ninety nine, uh, and that will help some of their deficit. But these are the two winners in the space. And for Disney, this is going to be its biggest segment, uh, maybe as soon as, as well, this year, it'll probably be its biggest segment because others are closed. But in a normal year, this will be Disney's biggest segment, if not in 2021, possibly, uh, almost certainly by 2022. And Dan, Netflix still growing like a weed. For the last quarter, they added almost 16 million subscribers, so 183 million subscribers now for Netflix. Um When you look, and as we're talking here, we're talking about Disney and Netflix, do you think there's room for both Disney Plus and Netflix to succeed over the next five to 10 years? Or if this were wrestling, is this essentially a cage match where only one of them comes out alive? No, those, these two already won. It's a case of whether there's a market for uh, HBO Max and Peacock and all the other services out there. Those are going to be harder sells. But remember, as people cut the cord, and there's still 80-something million Americans who, who pay for cable, that's a 100 to $200 that comes available to you. Some of those people already have Netflix and Disney Plus, so they'll probably dabble and add one or two you know, secondary services. But I think right now, this is a battle for the bronze medal. If somebody can establish themselves in third place, that's a strong position to be in. And I'm sort of not counting Hulu, which is a Disney-owned property, uh, because Hulu is going to get bundled by a lot of people. Uh, with Disney Plus, and it's probably going to do reasonably well and be a driver for Disney. There's not a ton of original content being produced on on Hulu, so it's not that big a spend. Um, but yeah, Dis- Disney and Netflix have have already lapped everybody. Well, what about Amazon? Should we include them in the Disney and Netflix discussion? How many shows do you watch on Amazon? Um, you know we. I think we, we watch a fair amount on Amazon Prime, I think. Really? See, um, I, I, I forget it exists. Amazon is the eBay of, of streaming services. Wow. Uh, you know, you, you forget they exist. And a lot of stuff that's really hyped, when you actually dig into like the research and find out how many people are watching it, it's like 300,000 people. Uh, and they have some shows I've been interested in. I, I hear good things about The Boys. I think that's what it's called. Um, and generally, I, I've tried a few things on Amazon and nothing has struck. You're not paying for it, 
I don't precisely see where it's a particularly big value add. Would you cancel Prime if they got rid of the TV service? Yeah, no, I'm not canceling Prime. Yeah, it, it, it makes no sense to cancel Prime because right now, I don't know, I'm delivering, getting deliveries from Amazon like four times a day. Like, like that's, I, I think of something, I go in and put an Amazon order, and now you have this fun Amazon roulette of when will it show up as opposed to previously when it would come the next day. Uh, so I just don't think it's a relevant service. Uh, I, I don't precisely understand why they pay for it, frankly. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to count you as skeptical. Do you have a Netflix or Disney Plus recommendation for me? Um, well, if you haven't watched The Mandalorian, you should absolutely watch The Mandalorian. So great. That uh, I also on Netflix. This is a, a bit of a sleeper, but I really liked Glow. Uh, oh, okay. It, it, uh, based on the '80s women's wrestling group, very very campy. The original. The show actually like a little dark uh, and and just really well done. Uh, it's one of those things where you could say like, well, like I'm not a pro wrestling fan. It's not really about wrestling. It's about the relationships between the people. Uh, and it, it, my wife didn't like it, so that that's uh, I, I would say women would like it, but in, in case of my life, that wasn't true. Uh, and my wife really, really, really likes Ozark, and I, I have not been able to make myself watch it yet. Okay, good. Ozark and Glow. There you go. Okay, for our Desert Island poll, as we wrap up here over the next five years, you're on a desert island and you have to, you have to buy one of these stocks and hold it. So let's go GM, Disney, Netflix. Um, let's throw in CVS and UPS. Uh, Disney without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, CVS would be attractive if they didn't just buy a health insurance company, <laughs> which absolutely is, is, is something that makes me a little bit nervous. But Disney has the number one theme park brand. Families are going to come back to Disney. Uh, whenever they put out the next Disney movies, Avengers or Pixar or whatever it is, people are going to go see those. I'm not worried about that company in the long term at all. Okay, well, there you have it. Dan Klein, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.